The text that calls for our attention on this, our celebration of All Saints Day, uh, is our first reading for today from Revelation chapter 7, especially these words. And after that, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and tribe and people and language. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes scenes in the Bible can seem almost too hard to imagine. That can be particularly true with something like we have today, a scene that appears in the book of Revelation that seeks to reveal to us something that occurs in the heavenly realm. It can almost seem too much. Yes, in this reading that we have today from the book of Revelation, it can almost seem so otherworldly. We're told about this great multitude of people that no one is able to count. We're told that that multitude is diverse, so diverse that it is a good representation of all humanity upon earth that has ever lived. There are people that speak every language, people from every nation, people of every tribe. And yet, while being so diverse, that entire multitude cries out together in praise of their God and their Savior. We're told they're all wearing white robes as they join in the joy of the heavenly host. Those angels that are standing there before the throne of God where the Lamb of God has begun his reign. It can all seem so otherworldly. And yet in one way, I'd argue today that it is not so hard to imagine a scene like this. Well, what do I mean? Well, while there are indeed parts of this account that go beyond the scope of earthly reality, the basic idea of a countless multitude of people being dressed similarly, crying out their praises about something, well, that's something we see all the time. We see it every Saturday or Sunday as we turn on the football game. Perhaps the example that's most relevant to our particular text here might be a tradition that is played out every year at Penn State University. Once a year, the university sends out word that one particular game will be the whiteout game. And no, this is not some sort of mid-season adjustment for the coaches where they get out wide out and cross out any errors they found there in their playbooks. But instead, everyone that is coming to the game that day is told to wear white. From an aerial view or a picture from the top of the stadium, it's quite the spectacle. Everybody dressed in pure white, many people even covering their faces and their skin with white paint also. The crowd seems to almost move in unison as they wave these white towels that they have been given for the occasion. Indeed, the multitude of people is so great that no one looking on could accurately number how many people are participating. And those people, they gather and they sing, they chant, they proclaim how good their coach is or their team is or their star is. In one way, it's not all that different from what we see in the book of Revelation. 
And yet, of course, the two scenes are, in their essence, very different. So what is it that sets the two apart? Well, for those people at the football game, they are wearing white simply because it is one of the colors that was chosen to represent their university. The symbolism doesn't go any further than that. They feel like they're a part of the team. Well, in reality, they're not on the team at all. And their hero? Well, it is one who can move a ball across an arbitrary line on a field. The people in the book of Revelation, on the other hand, they wear white, not just because it is a color chosen to represent them, but because it is the very manifestation of the righteousness that each of them has been given to wear by Christ. They're not just there because they feel like they're on the team. They, in fact, are on the team, chosen by God in their baptism to be on his team. And their hero? Well, he is not one who just carried a ball across an arbitrary line on a field, but he is the one who carried his body up to and upon the cross. So which crowd's more exciting to be a part of? I mean, people spend thousands of dollars at times to be part of those crowds at the football game. When they leave, they talk about what an incredible experience it was to be there in person. The news, well, they cover such spectacles. They show everyone what has happened and what it all looked like. You know, perhaps that scene seems more exciting to us because it seems more real. It seems more possible. We could get tickets and go to the game next week. But we must admit that even if we did, it might be a great time. But we would still have to admit it was a fleeting great time. We'd be gathered for a couple hours with a bunch of people that otherwise we really have nothing in common with. And we will be cheering loudly about things that in the end hardly matter at all. But to be a part of the gathering that is spoken of in the book of Revelation is something very important indeed. For this is a gathering not just that lasts for a few moments or a few hours, but lasts for all eternity. It is a gathering of people who rightly can call one another family, brothers and sisters, And there, the cheering, well, it is about the thing that matters most in the whole world. The fact that the Lamb of God died for sinners and then was raised up to give them resurrection life. But that day that Revelation speaks about can seem so far off. It can seem so otherworldly that it's hard to even imagine or meditate upon. But here is the truth. Today, here in this place, we already get to experience that same gathering, though in a little bit of a muted form, of course. Today, you're already gathered with that crowd of those who have been given white to wear by the Lord. Yes, you see all who have been baptized into Christ already have received those white robes that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You have one. The person down the pew from you has one. And while they don't sit here in the pew with us today, we recognize that all of those that have gone before us in the faith, 
they have this robe also. They wear it with us, and in that way, they are here celebrating at this grand celebration around Jesus with us. Yes, indeed, we here today get to participate already now in what will be the last day. Soon we'll gather up here at the rail. And when we do so, we will gather around Jesus. We're not just walking up here to some sort of ritual and then walking back to our seat. But we believe, according to the word and promises of God, that Jesus will be here for us in his body and blood. We will literally be gathered around Jesus, just like they are there in the book of Revelation. And in eating and drinking, we will be proclaiming that salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. And yes, we believe that when we gather here, we're not only gathering with ourselves, those who walk through the front door today, but we are gathering with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Yes, even those who died in the faith before us. Oh, I will admit, this gathering here today is not as good as the one described in Revelation. For here we still hunger and we thirst. Here we know that evil is not kept away from us at every point. And yes, today as we remember those loved ones that have been lost, we will mourn and we might even cry a little. But know this, until that day and until that feast, well, this is the best that we get until that day because this is that same celebration. And you being here today is meant to assure you that you will be there on that last day when hunger and thirst are gone, when evil is banished, and when death itself is done away with. So let me ask you, will you leave here today and go and tell others about what you got to hear? Will you leave here today and tell others about what you saw? Will you leave here today and tell them what you ate here? Will you invite them to come and gather around this Jesus, this Jesus who has saved us? Will you tell them about God's great whiteout? how through the blood of Jesus all of our sins have been whited out, how he offers to all people, regardless of their past, regardless of their sins, his righteousness to wear. Will you tell them how he offers eternal life to all? If not, then you might not understand what happens here every week. You might not understand what is going to happen there on that last day. You might not understand what happened at Calvary and at the tomb. But if you do understand that, that God has made you a saint through Jesus and that he delivers that to you here on an average Sunday morning, well, then go out and tell everyone. Invite them to join. Invite them to be one of the countless number, that multitude who know of God's salvation that crowd that will be gathered on the last day. Indeed, may God bring all of us to that day, and may he bring many with us. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen.